Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Left, Right, and Center show. This is uh, this is me, and this is Timothy, and this is Christopher. We're glad to be with you again. Um, we're going to talk a lot today about cancel culture, right? We're going to talk about um, sort of how it started, what it is, what's what's going on with it right now. Um, Chris is going to Chris is going to explain it probably a little bit from the left side of uh, uh, side of things, which is going to be interesting. Um, it's what we're here for. You know, cross-aisle uh, conversation. But first, uh, as always, going to do some news and memes. So, <clears throat> did you guys hear about the uh, the Uyghur genocide report? Um, I heard about the report. I mean, I know about the the Uyghur genocide situation a little bit. Were you, what were you saying, Chris? I have not yet. No. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So this is news for everybody. So uh, there's this report that's come out, and uh, you know, now that I'm talking about it. I'm like, actually, I don't know really where this report came from, but it's um, supposed to be some reputable um, person, person, News Lines Institute for Strategy and Policy. I have no idea who that is. But uh, I, I gleaned this out of a reputable. news story. It looks reputable. So <laughs> One of those uh, rare instances where I actually clicked on a link, you know, like for, for the source, right? So I actually went diving for the source and I came up with this, right? This... Uh, we we'll go with Newline Institute as the source, just gut feeling. Yes. Yeah, I think I said that. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, though. That's my point. That's uh, that's my only point. Okay. All right. So, so okay. So, I'm not going to go through this whole damn thing. I haven't read this whole damn thing. It's very long. I'm sure it's very detailed. Um, but I'm going to go to page three. I'm going to give you um, a little bit of the high level, like like some of this stuff, right? So, it's, it's come out that, um, and there's a quote from here that I read in the article that by every definition of genocide, right, via international law, the Uyghur genocide is considered a genocide, right? Like, so, so all, of the, all of the propaganda from the Chinese government, all of them trying to hide this, hide that, deflect this, deflect that, you know, give, give some, if they were giving, they were giving tours of the camps where people, you know, like the Uyghurs were singing uh, patriotic songs beside the road and, and telling everybody how they're, so happy to be, you know, employed by China. Finally, you know, like all that, like all that propaganda. They're pulling out all the stops, and still this report comes out. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it here. So, in 2014, China's head of state, President Xi Jinping, launched the People's War on Terror in uh, that province. I'm not going to. It's an acronym, making areas where the Uyghurs constitute nearly 90% of the population the front line. High-level officials followed up with orders to round up everyone who should be rounded up, wipe them out completely, destroy them root and branch, break their language, break their roots, break their connections, and break their origins. Right? This is quotes from high-level Chinese authorities. Um, officials described Uyghurs with dehumanizing terms and repeatedly likened the mass internment of Uyghurs to eradicating, eradicating tumors. So... It's official, right? So, so if you ever wondered what it was like being in the United States while Nazi Germany was on the rise, while they, you know, there was disturbing reports of Jews being rounded up and other minorities, now you know. This is exactly what it feels like. Yeah, it's right out in the open. It's like it, it does not feel. I mean, what do we do though, right? Like, what do, what does the right. three of us do? It's it's. <laughs> I don't but know. But it's just crazy that the global community is not reacting to this stronger. I think it's because every Western and modern culture is, or I should say society, not culture, 
um, is so intertwined economically with China that everyone's afraid of what the repercussions will be for themselves, right? Like if we if we were to just cancel trade with China, right? Let's let's cancel China. Let's do it. Yeah. What would happen? Like what we get everything through there. It's some way or another. It's, yeah, it's, all it's, of our it's antibiotics for our economy. So what you know? Yeah, medicines. Um, you know, materials for stuff we make here. Even if we do make it here, the material comes from from a lot of it comes from China. Like, um, you know, one of the that's it's one of the downsides or risks of you know a global economy without having a global culture. Right. Is, right. is when you do have cultural disagreements. You know the the economic impact is now uh, at play. I don't know yeah. what the right answer is, really. I mean, I think I think the right answer is to work towards pulling our economy out of China, but it can't be an immediate thing. Or it won't be an immediate thing. It has to be a, a slow uh, shift. But yeah. I think that's the path. From what I understand, um, Joe Biden's actually. Um, started the ball rolling on that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if it was his administration or somebody in his administration or whatever, because I don't even know if he's really in charge, but besides the point, um, I think uh, I heard that they're working on creating supply lines that are China free. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that yep. the, the, the global economy does look like it's like trying to figure out swift actions to condemn China in, in the most like productive way, because yeah, you're, it's a good point, right? Like what if we go to over China and all of a sudden, our supply lines for medicine is cut off. It's not even just like the cute stuff, right? Like, it's, like we can live without Pokemon yeah. cards being manufactured. Right. We can't it's, live without like it's not just plastic know, toys. Yeah, we can we can live without some some Tupperware and whatnot. We can't live without the critical stuff. And so, you know, but then again, is like we have to ask ourselves, and this is the, the hard questions. Like, all right, is are these items are our commodities like worth? you know, turning an eye to genocide. And I would argue, I mean, it's not that black and white, but no, it's not. And so we have to find ways to like condemn China on the world stage and go the extra step because this is, this is horrendous. Right. And I think perhaps, you know, it, it, it gets tough, right? Because, because the China question is really, really, um, it's complicated, right? It is very complicated. Um, but I think, I think aside from just unilaterally pulling out of China, I think I think these policies should be directly tied to their their actions, uh, their human rights abuses, right? Yeah. So it's it's long as you're committing these human rights abuses, we are moving towards removing you from our supply lines. It's that simple, right? And if you decide to stop committing human rights atrocities, we'll come back in, right? I think that's probably probably how it needs to be done. But yeah, most right, likely. That was mine. What do you think, Tim? You got something? Yeah, we can pull something up. Um, I saw this one, this news article here, and thought it was a uh, an interesting one to discuss. Uh, the, the title of the article is "Texas School Scraps Chivalry Assignment That Had Girls Obey Any Reasonable Request of a Male." Uh, when I first read this, I, this. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I saw that it was in Texas, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, but if, to be honest, if you read, reading through this article, uh, and when I was, when I finished reading through it, I was like, eh, nothing wrong with that really. Um, I mean, it's, it's a little extreme, but I, I didn't, I didn't think it was a necessarily a problem. I mean, um, some of the things that the, let me read, read off of this, this page here. 
some of the things that the um, the, the female st- the students were supposed to do is, is ladies must dress in a feminine manner to please the men. Ladies must yes. address, address all men respectful by title with a lowered head. Ladies must not oh, complain or whine. Ladies must never criticize a male. Ladies must cook something for the gentleman oh in their class. My God. Uh, ladies must initiate conversations with males. Ladies must walk behind men or walk daintily as if their feet were bound. Right. But the idea of feet was bound. Yeah. The idea of this, of this is it's, I believe it's a history class um, and it's a one day thing. It's in, in it's assignment, but it's, it's helping to teach the history of sexism and chivalry and how things were. So the idea of this is, is that all the students know this is how people were in the 1300s. That's the point of this exercise, right? And the men also, uh, the, the boys in the class, the men in the class, were also given an assignment um, where, and, and it doesn't have all of the stuff that they were supposed to do, but it says, you know, gentlemen will rise when a lady walks into the room. Gentlemen shall bow when greeting a lady. Um, boys were calls to girl were to call girls milady and pay all expenses if they took them out. Like, the whole idea was to to take a day and spend it in the life of a historical way of living, right? It's it's not about teaching sexism to our to our kids today, right? It's about it's about learning how things were done in the 1300s. Now, I get that it can be uh, controversial, and that's why it says right at the bottom, one of the very last lines that nobody's ever going to read: um, the students who didn't want to participate were allowed to opt out. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, every it, article is clickbait, no matter what. You know, I mean, like so. With with all that said, like that, I kind of threw everything out there without asking you for, for your guys' opinions. But I wanted, I didn't want to, I don't want to lead you on without you getting all the information. I didn't want to be just a title, right? Um, what do you guys think about it now that you know the kind of the inner workings? Uh, I'm a bit more surprised. I was I was pretty alarmed when I first first saw it. <laughs> I, I did not. I didn't actually didn't take the time to learn the more inner workings, but yeah, you know, I can see that. I can see like this being, um, and I guess that goes into, to, to, it blends really nicely into the main discussion, but not to get ahead of it. Context definitely matters. And, and I think, you know, if done right with the correct teachers, this could be a really valuable lesson to wrap up and be like, Hey, you know, men and women should not be in these gendered roles because as the men and women both saw like how disturbing it was to fulfill certain roles, how to see, how disturbing it was to see their counterpart uh, fulfill these roles in a very isolated manner. It's like, all right, this is abnormal. This is a problem. Um, it'd be nice to see if um, I, a lot of people took this and learned from it. I mean, it's. I remember. I remember one time in high school, we uh, we had a, a lesson in Lord of the Flies. Did you guys read that book? I actually never read that. Okay. Well, like, I, I kind of like danced around it. It was assigned in several different classes that I just like happened to take the other class, you know? I, don't know. I yeah. probably don't remember. Well, the the premise of it that I'm glad I asked is basically, you know, a bunch of kids on an abandoned island and they have to self-govern themselves and it turns into chaos because it's like, it's basically like an analogy of like people can't like, well, kids are sociopaths, but also <laughs> a lot of conversation and uh uh, in, in the ability to self-govern without like structures and order and how easy it's like it's like basically honest to god if you go watch the dark knight with the joker trying to murder the mayor and turns the whole city in chaos basically same thing and so it's a dark knight but a kid's book and um That's so 
Yeah. So anyways, I had a teacher who like what he did was he took all the desks and there's one day in the year. It was uh, when we're done. He did it every year. Uh, he would take all the desks and flip them over in the morning. He like destroyed the room. He'd flip his desk over. All the kids desks would be piled up in a giant pile. He like literally destroyed all the walls in his rooms. And like every class would come in for their hour block. It was one of the coolest things ever. And you had to self-govern the classroom. Like, so basically it was like a mini experiment. It's like, does someone get elected a teacher? Does someone like give out the home, the actual assignment of the day? Do people clean up the, the room? And um, we did a pretty good job of it. We, we actually did, but it was one of those like really cool, like uh, immersive lessons and I'll mm. never forget it. And so it sounds like this is one of those things that got hijacked right. by the, the right. news. So I'm going to do the, the typical thing where I, where I conservative all over it. But so I'm just going to point out a couple of things. And we actually, we actually, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so th there's, <clears throat> there's a couple of things I'm going to point out. Right. And I think I mentioned some of this last week and that's that the, the past is glossed over in favor of an ideological endpoint. Right. And I actually think, so like, I, I like the, I like the idea of this. I really do. I like it. And, and you can teach a valuable lesson that way. Um, I think I think I just have a couple pointers for it, right? If you're if you're actually going for historical accuracy and you want to, and you're teaching what it was like in the 1300s rather than just like, hey, men were always sexist to women, right? So a little bit of extra context, right? The social strictures between women were also incredibly strict, right? So it was just as oppressive between women of a higher rank and women of a lower rank, right? Um, so right, it's not just that men are oppressing women; it's that it's that the social hierarchy is oppressing basically everybody, right? And then point number two, in order to make it a little bit more accurate, how about we send, uh, we send the students off to, to war where 30% of them are going to die? How about that, right? Okay, so, all right, fine, right, I can do that. But I'm, I'm moving my kids to a different school. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, um, <laughs> 30% of the student body is just gone. Sorry, guys. Right, yeah, exactly. Lesson. Hey, it was a good lesson. It was a good lesson. But two um, of your kids survived, and they have learned a lot, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, the survivors have been shaped for the rest of their lives. So, look, all right, look, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point, but it, my, the, the issue is, is that uh, people tr tend to take a unidimensional view of the past, right? It's like, oh, you know, chivalry was uh, men oppressing women. It's like, no, it's like everybody was oppressed by everybody. The men were oppressed by the men above them. They, you know... Uh, women were technically subservient, but they were also oppressed Lord by the women Lord. over them. Everybody was oppressing each other. Men were going off and dying, and the women were going off and dying in childbirth. Like, history was just a shitty place, right? And there were problems with chivalry. Obviously, I don't advocate chivalry, but, like, it's not that unidimensional. Um, talk to my wife. She gets so mad when I don't, like, open the door, do all these <laughs> things. I'm trying, I tell her, like... <laughs> There's that, too. I'm not, oh, I wasn't going to bring but that no, up. no, like, that's, that's, uh, that's an unfair line to draw. I think... I think chivalry can be rightfully called out for like different components, right? There's poverty and there's impression of social class, but there's also oppression of men and women. I mean, women have had a degraded role in society all the way up until modern times. And even today we can argue, I mean, look at Saudi Arabia, right? Like it's so like you can like, like, are, are you going to tell me that uh, Saudi Arabia? It's, oh, they're not just mistreating women. It's also the, the billionaire oil people that are just oppressing everybody. It's like, no, it, it, that's unidimensional, but there's, t okay. there's multiple okay. conversations. There's a difference uh, there, right? So, to, uh, and then I'm I'm gonna let this go after this because uh, uh, sure. feminism, uh, whatever. That that's a very big topic. But 
um, to your point right there, so you're talking about a class or you're a society-based system, right? The, the system would be the religion, right? The religion has religious precepts for this is how women are treated. In medieval Europe, funny enough, right? All that chivalry stuff, that was, that was, the, that was the 1%, right? That was the 1% oppressing each other, right? The peasants didn't have to do that shit. Neither the men, well, the men had to go off and die still, but the women, the women didn't have to, uh, um, you know, curtsy or, you know, follow men around. That was, that was strictly a nobility thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I rest my case. I rest my case, but, uh, same, same. To, to close my thoughts on this, I think one of the, one of the values of something like this, it doesn't have to be exactly this particular lesson or anything, right? But is, I think, I think we can become too blind to what, how things used to be um, and not really have a good understanding of them. Even if you read in a book about, um, you know, sexism or racism or slavery, like you don't really have an idea of what that means or what it was like. And not that this really gives you an, you know, an equal view of that as if you live there, but it's a step in the right direction to understanding, you know, how things could be, how they used to be, why they're better now, which gives you a better idea of how to continue to improve and move forward. And so I, I think it's, I think it's a good idea in general to try and teach these, these things. Um, I'm still, and, I'm still in favor yeah. of the battle. The battle. <laughs> That's the yeah. only thing they take away from this. Oh my God. Next. All right. Well, mine's, mine's <laughs> quick. Mine's quick. I, I don't have an image just because, uh, it seems if I pull up images, my computer will crash. But um, <laughs> so Marjorie Taylor Greene, our um, you know Trump's favorite member of the House of Representatives, is um, it's just really crazy. I don't know if you've been following the stories, but basically she's been pissing off both Republicans and Democrats. Um, every week um, she's been casting a vote, trying to gunk up through uh, procedure, and and like a buzzed term is you know policy is procedure, and procedure is policy. Good procedure creates good legislation and so uh, most votes that are coming up marjorie taylor green is just uh in the middle of the votes putting forward a vote to adjourn like a motion to adjourn and so then uh everybody has to stop the main vote and go take a step back and then everybody has to vote and everyone has to run back to the hall so basically for those i'm gonna take a step back because i think this is really important information when people, this is, this is how Congress has always been. It's never been any other way. And it's probably the most equitable way to do this. Um, but I realize that this might be foreign for people on the outside. So I just want to give a policy lecture. When you vote, it's not like when you, it's very much like when you vote on election day. You don't just vote at a given time. You have the whole day. You have a time frame to cast your vote. It's not a hundred people sitting around the table and then they say, okay, board meeting vote. Who wants to pass this budget? Who doesn't? It's no, there's a whole, it's election day on every single vote. And huh, so, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So, most, that most go, votes are. for everything from committee up through everything, or is that specifically? Committee, committee requires everyone to be there. Um, if you're not there, you miss a vote. But on floor votes, it's election day style. Like, you have the whole day to vote cast or certain time frames, depending on the, the framework that's set. So, you have to be in in dc to cast your vote but you know let's just arbitrarily say i don't think this is the actual parameters but let's say you have 8 a.m to 8 p.m to cast a vote i'm I'm sure it's less than that you know you can go cast your vote in the middle of day and then you can also attend your committee assignment 
You can also go and, uh, I don't know, maybe you have to fly back home to do something in your home state. Um, people in Congress, every single Republican Democrat, being a member of Congress is, is likened to having a fire hose on full blast just shoved in your face. Like, it is a busy job. So oh, yeah. They have, like, even the members of Congress you hate the most, they're, they're busy still. Um, you're dealing with veterans, you're dealing with immigrants. Wait, I thought my feeling on, on people in Congress af affected how busy they were. If I didn't like them, they didn't get any work. Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just covering the bases. But <laughs> yeah, I, so anyways, but, so just to, to, to roll it back, what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing is she's calling motion to adjourn in the middle of a vote. And what that actually does is it forces everybody to stop what they're doing, go back to the House floor, and cast a vote to say no, they don't want to adjourn, to be able to move the meeting forward. And if they're not there, it reduces quorum on that particular vote in the section of votes that are occurring. So what ends up happening is everybody else, Republicans and Democrats alike, that are in the middle of their committee hearings, have to leave their committees, go back to the House floor, say no, we don't want this vote to stop, go back to their committees so when the committees are done they can go back and actually cast right. a vote because until so, they get that vote in voting doesn't happen and that means less people are going to vote because they don't have time yeah and then eventually what's what she's hoping for it, it's not going to happen because it's it's like bipartisan opposition against her at this point um yeah. people are getting pissed off like like f first like 17 19 around that republicans voted like no most people just abstained but now it's up to 40. Every single time she does this, it increases because all these people are doing other shit and they have to come <laughs> back. And she's like, I'm going to keep doing it. Trump wants me. Um, and it's just really annoying. She's, she, I, I really, for the, for the love of God, I hope someone primaries her uh, and beats her because, you know. Whoa, that sounds violent. Primary means beats her in an election, not, not cancel Whoa. culture beating. <laughs> Chris Brown style. No, not Chris Brown style. The the uh, Joe Biden style. <laughs> hey, listen, champ. You want to do push-ups? I'll beat the I don't shit need out to. of you. Yeah, we, we got the presidency. Uh -huh. <laughs> I like Biden no, might have had like a really good right hook back in the day. You know, I'm sure he did. I feel like he was like a handsome did. feller. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but yeah, pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, okay. So I, I don't know if you want to say any, anything on that. I, I agree with you, Chris. I don't have too much to say in that. Look, look, she's, she's a firebrand. I don't really like her. Um, I like her as a troll, but I, it, I acknowledge that's not the way forward. Like we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, uh, electing trolls. So, and you know, eh, yeah, eh, I chuckle. Yeah, she's, she, her and her and Lauren Bulber are, are, are messy. They're messy, dude. They're, they're, Which uh, one's there's the one something who's in the house. carrying on Capitol grounds? Lauren? What was that? Which one's the one that's carrying on Capitol oh, grounds? That's Lauren Bulbert. Good for her. She Tim? actually has domestic abuse charges. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that domestic. was a prereq for being elected as a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> you stop yeah, she it. Got, I'm not she even, got it all. I'm not even going to counter that because it would be <laughs> me. <clears throat> okay, um, so... I don't have an article for the second one, but I just wanted to bring up that the George Floyd trial is underway. Um, oh, I thought that was already going. Um, so, yeah. So uh, they're doing jury selection right now. Okay. And it is a long process. I don't know. Chris, did you watch any of it? Did you see any clips or anything? Did you see anybody talking about it? 
I haven't, but I can only imagine the stress that goes behind selecting a, a, a as 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 neutral jury as humanly possible. I feel like this is it's, the trial of like being the cops. I I you ever watch Daredevil mm-hmm. when like uh when Frank Castle is brought to the stand? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's basically what the cops are going through. Like they they are Frank Castle. Like they are well, but not as not as redeemable. Um, Dude, that's right. I forgot about that scene. All right, for anybody who hasn't seen. <laughs> that was that wasn't Daredevil, right? Yeah, it was. It was obviously. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was you know Frank Castle, the notorious murder. Everybody in the country knows about him. They bring him in and they're trying to get a jury selection for the guy. And everybody's coming in and they're like, Frank Castle should be strung up in in the electric chair and fried and, and all that kind of stuff. And then there's like the other guys who are like Frank Castle's a hero. I love that guy. And it's like you can't get a jury because everybody freaking knows who the guy is and they have an opinion. And it's the same. It's the same with this. They spent um, they spent all day going through jurors, and they got three. And wow. it was it was it was warranted, right? Because there were some guys that were showing up, and they're like, "Yeah, I think I could be fair." And then the the defense uh, attorney grills them a little bit because that's how they select them. The the defense and the uh, prosecution both ask questions of the jurors, and they're you know he's like, uh, "So what do?" did you form an opinion on what happened to my client on that day? He's like, or, you know, what, what went down with my uh, uh, client? He's basically asking, what did you think of what happened on the day where George Floyd dies? And he's like, yeah, the cop killed him. And he's like, okay, are you willing to change that opinion if you're provided with evidence? And he's like, maybe he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, uh, <laughs> your honor, can I have a moment? <laughs> and then yeah, the judge is like, all right, I'm going to dismiss you from jury duty. Uh, thanks for being honest with us. You know, it's like, it's like that happened all day. It was, it was grinding. They're, they're, they're just not going to, fi- it's going to be almost impossible to find someone. Cause like at this point, Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, all alike are like, yeah, the cops messed up. Like it's like, you got to find those people that literally are both have like a reasonable IQ and live in their basement under a rock like you need both of them right now like like uh I, you can't just have like some like dude living you, in the basement well, just search the wow you, forums but, but just yeah the, wow forums that's that's <laughs> yeah let's just stab yeah. at our producer by go the way. grab like the uh the top the top <laughs> the top players the top players on runescape i think that's the uh those are the people yeah, you it's it, the the people that they found were generally apolitical. Um there was one guy that he was he was like a chemist. He saw the news story but he and he did form an opinion but it like it was very it was very apparent that he was an analytical person kind of like you Tim. He was he he was very willing to take whatever new data was going to come at him, whatever was going to happen and make make a new decision. Um, yeah, if you guys need a juror, my uh, my numbers <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do not. I don't think I want to be on that jury. Oh, that'd but be a here's what I wanted to bring up, Chris. And we have a couple minutes until we have to go into the main segment. Um, well, actually, for both of you, but um, what I'm really, really worried about, right? So, so the courthouse for people who don't know, the courthouse that this is all taking place in is, you know, barricaded military style because that's that that area is the center of the George Floyd riots. And um, you know they're worried about riots if the if the wrong um, if the wrong verdict comes out. And my question to you, Chris, is: Is are you ready for are you ready for him to be acquitted? Because he's probably going to be acquitted of those charges. Yeah, because all all police are like they're they're almost always because like 
Well, I mean, I, I would say justifiably so, but. No, there's no way. Like, there's no yep. way. This guy has had other charges we, we've seen. We've seen, like, I know. No, I know. Like, this but guy's of, a- this, of what they are charging him with, second-degree murder and, ah, uh, man, I forget what the other one is. If there's there's an almost there's no case. There's very little no, case. There's, well, there's, a, there's a strong case, but the, the immunity that police officers have are what legally is going to protect him. Um, I mean, I would, I would argue... Qualified I don't immunity. Know- yeah, sorry, sorry for interrupting. I don't know the details of it, but I'm going to go ahead and say that there probably is uh, a fairly strong case, regardless of if if it's likely to go through or not, or they wouldn't be prosecuting him on those charges. They would have picked different oh, charges. I mean, that's not necessarily true. And the dude was innocent either way; like he wasn't even doing any anything that they they presupposed. But I will see what happens. But I mean, I mean, honestly, you're going to have like here's the reality: you're going to have riots. Like if he's oh acquitted. yeah, I know. like there's oh, no, yeah. there's it's no not going to be the right. <laughs> It's it's, it's gonna not, be, it's not, like and, like this is where this is where the gaslighting comes into full effect because it's like well we just had a whole summer of this two billion dollars down okay now everybody's bitching about the capital right and now we're about to go right back into it and we're gonna forget yeah. that we were just yelling at Republicans for rioting I, and I'm gonna hold my ground on this I'm going to uh, make sure I condemn rioting on this like no one should be like there's there's other ways to change this and in the first and foremost the way that we need to do the changes is we need a Supreme Court level decision. Uh, and maybe this will go, maybe this, if he's acquitted, I bet it will be appealed um, because we need a conversation on qualified immunity. It is insanity that police officers have zero, like, you know, very reduced training and yet are able to handle like these military style stuff. Like there's so many, this, this is a conversation beyond just chokeholds, right? This is a, this is a conversation on police departments having tanks. It's a conversation on the new technology that's coming into, into the world of policing. Think about like, Nate, we were just talking about this, like the police dogs, there's no legislation on, on unmanned uh, robots walking a street and fucking putting a gun on that thing. There's zero legislation anywhere. There's nothing. Uh, yeah, that says. There, there should probably be some legislation on that. There's, there's nothing. Robocop. Right? I've seen the movie. Yeah. You can build if you built a Robocop right now, and it was commissioned by a police station, and you put a rocket launcher on it. There is zero legislation to say that that can't happen. Yeah, that, that's I'm a gonna bit go ahead and say though. crime is gonna drop in that. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's, but look, no. that's a little fantastical because once that happens, there will be legislation around it. Sure, the very sure, first but- time it happens. But you know what? There's a lot of other things that uh, there's light legislation on. But to go back, qualified immunity as it stands with actual humans is is it is it is an immortal uh, power legislatively. It's the same thing as 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 freaking tenure. I think tenure and qualified immunity should be in the same boat. Like we need to reduce tenure and we need to change qualified immunity. You should not be a god uh, within your profession. Like you should not like like. I don't have qualified immunity. Oh my God. If I give a student a car ride and I get into a car accident, even if I, even if I had a student sign a paper or something, I'm, I'm getting sued. Like, but yet here you have police officers who, who uh, can, can literally violate their training or have zero training and handle some type of like military grade stuff. Um, you know, and, and because of qualified immunity, we protect them. Professors, unless they literally shoot somebody on their campus, I uh, aren't fired. Like, Come on. Unless they shoot him on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> you, honest to God, there is a, so Nate, there is a professor at a state college in Connecticut. Tim, it's going to blow your mind. 
There's a professor right now. And I, I honestly got, I think qualified immunity and tenure are the same conversation to be had. This professor, um, uh, like assaulted someone like domestic assault, some crazy charge. Right. And, uh, it happened off campus. And, uh, this is not, this is not the one you're thinking of Nate. This is a more unknown one. And okay. he ends up, he ends up going to jail for it. Right. But because yep. it happens off campus and has nothing to do with the student, he's actually protected by tenure. So the teachers union negotiates with the prosecutor and gets a sentence that this guy actually goes to prison Friday through Sunday and then comes back to campus to teach Monday through Thursday on house arrest and then goes back to prison Friday through Sunday to serve a sentence. Like that is the insanity of tenure and qualified immunity. We need to do away with that. So, let, let me just let me just ask you a question. So that that could be injustice, and, and we, we do have to move on to the main topic here in a second. So uh, I'll let both of you have have your your say with this after this. But um, would you not say? And I hear this argument a lot that <laughs> that um, he's paying his dues to, to society. So why should there be ramifications for him for him on campus? I I, I just like you're a professor, like. Uh, there's, there's, there's the, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, but it's, anybody at any standard and at any place in this country should be up to, for, should be up to moral standards. It's, it's, it's about whether they're paying the price or not. Sure. Sure. And I guess that's the, yeah, look, man, look, look I, I'm not just trying to be a hard ass. I mean, I've heard that argument before. Uh, it probably depends on the context. Like maybe this is pretty egregious. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just like character wise. What do you want a professor that is like, committing domestic abuse or even even other let's take another situation there are there are plenty of situations where like professors have you know um gotten into problematic situation with students like sexual assault and and because yep. of the union the union actually protects the professor to the point that the, the schools have to pay them off to to, to leave like there's a just there was just a person you, there was just a person a professor in the theater department that got a a uh, multi. It was it was off the rec. It was it was off out of the news, but it's there if you dig for it. Nate, uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, plus full retirement benefits for him to step down after after the accusal and successful proof of it. Like I would have the, to see the details. It's insanity, and so um, I just, that's I just want to confirm, Nate. Are you def are you defending tenure? Like, are you supportive of tenure? No. No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm being obstreperous on purpose. <laughs> Thanks. Because I feel like tenure is the opposite of cancel culture. So if you were if you were supportive of tenure, but then not supportive of cancel culture, it's no, nice no, 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 no. So this, this actually, you know what? This kind of funny enough, this kind of segments is. I'm mostly trying to. Um, I'm actually speaking to the the court of public opinion here, right? I'm actually I'm kind of just wheedling Chris on because I want to make sure it's like, well. I mean, what, was this a was this a yeah. very sensual relationship both ways? And like, that's it's still bad, right? Because of the power dynamic. But like, it's not as bad as like, did he did he drag a, a student in the back alley and have his way with her, right? There's like two different things, and the response should be different. I think, even if legally it's the same thing, right? Especially in the court of public opinion. So my point, like, my point is not about whether or not he should be tenured or not. Like, uh, that that's that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm getting about is should he be canceled right kind of right and this and we're getting into um the main topic here but but the, again so like just because i know there's a whole bunch of people in the audience freaking out since we have hundreds of thousands of, of viewers right now um 
I'm not, look, like if this was as bad as you are thinking it is, then I'm not defending it, right? I'm saying that it might not be as bad as you think it is, right? And maybe it isn't, right? Sure, until sure. until you see the all the details of the case, you know, try to with, withhold judgment, I suppose, and not cancel yeah. people. Well, I guess, you no. know, just to wrap it up, I, I just I just am very much against uh, qualified immunity and, and tenure. And so, I, so that's that's what we got to we got to work on those things in the future. Yeah. Personal responsibility, my friends. I'm all about I'm all about it. Me too, uh, actually. Me too. So one, Me too. one major news topic. Uh we get checks in the mail. We do. Or, We're getting our, yeah. our yeah. ghost in Yeah. So I I had an article I wanted to pull or a meme I wanted to pull up for that just real quick. Alright, that's the meme. I'm done. <laughs> so Yeah, well yeah. it's coming. It's coming, and so is inflation. So, well, that was coming anyway, probably. But uh, yeah, the checks, the checks probably won't help. But depending on how inflation, like inflation, isn't really necessarily a terrible thing or bad thing. It can be. I'm not saying that it's not a risk and we don't need to worry about it. But Uh, yeah, well, I don't mean regular inflation. I mean runaway inflation. Hyperinflation. um, Thank you. That's the one. Yeah, that's uh, that's yet to be be figured. You know, right now they're I, from what I've been seeing, they're projecting maybe two and a half, three, three and a half percent for the next year before it normal. drops back down to two. That's not bad. The no, the, the Fed, um, two to three. Okay. Uh, we've okay. been below we've been below two for um for a while, and and the Fed is shooting for two. Uh, so they've even said that if if inflation goes up to you know three three and a half. In the short term, they're not going to change policy because of that. Uh, hmm. If it goes up much higher than that, they probably will. But their goal is to is to get it at like two two and a half. All right, or just buy Bitcoin, everybody. Just kidding. All right. Um, <clears throat> last week you should have bought it. Last week. Oh, you should have. Yes. Like like somebody, one of the fortunate hosts of this podcast. Anyways, oh, let me check okay, my Bitcoin so, then. What's that? Let me check my Bitcoin. I got I got twenty bucks floating in there. Let's there you go, got. bro. You, have, you probably it's have like now twenty two. Right wow, look at this. Look at this, guys. I have twenty-seven dollars hey. of Bitcoin. Oh shit! Money, money, money. Yo, buy me a yacht. Um. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let me get into this. Let me get into this. Okay. So I I want to start off cancel culture um with a little bit of cultural context, right? So we talked a little bit about it last week that the um, I don't know that necessarily. I, I think Chris agreed with me a little bit. I'm not putting words in his mouth that the pendulum is definitely swung to the uh, to the left as far as those who are canceling right now. I think yeah, I agree. we we I all agree. agreed that the cancellations in the 90s were definitely conservative Christians. It was egregious then. It's egregious now. Um, it's just different flavors. So 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 let's start talking about this. So this graph that I have pulled up right here. This this um this is a this is a study from the Cato Institute. Um, and it's talking about 62% of Americans say they have political views that they're afraid to share, right? And this this is going to kind of like set the stage for sort of the modern political climate and why the cancellations are so easy to go through with, right? Um, and the graph that I want to show you right here, this is the people who can uh, who, who agree with this following statement. The political climate these days prevents me from saying things I believe because others might find them offensive. Okay, that statement is what's being ranked here, right? So over here on the left, you have strongly liberal, and you go over here, and you go to strong conservative, right? And so the people that agree 
that the political climate keeps them from talking about their political opinions, strongly liberal, it's only 42% of those people, right? And then um, as you swing over to the right, it gets up to conservative, where 77% of conservatives think that they cannot state their political beliefs in public, right? And so the reason why I bring this up is not, this is not just, this is... So not basically just, that shows that conservatives are racist. <laughs> yeah, you could you could say that, and you could keep saying that all the way up until we have a civil war because nobody's <laughs> listening to each other. I know you're no, joking. I, I am joking, yes. Right. But <clears throat> so so not to interrupt you, but I have no, a, question, no, yeah, go ahead. a question on your thoughts on that. So I mean I love data, right? I, I'm I, I like this graph. We've talked about this particular topic in passing, I think, in a couple podcasts. But we haven't really dug into it. So, like, what are some of the reasons that this could be, right? It could be that, um, you know, which I think is your implication, that the media or the culture today is very, um, yeah, canceling of the right viewpoints, and that's why that's happening. Or it could be that the difference in the viewpoints is... One of them is much like the people that are that truly believe the things on the far left generally don't have thoughts or feelings or political views that are are thought to be potentially um, hurtful or or you know might hurt somebody's feelings or something. Whereas as as other other people, specifically as you get further into the conservative views, you know they do right. Um, not that they're racist or not that there's anything wrong with their points of views. Yeah. It's just their their point of view is more like, I don't give a shit what you think. This is how I feel. No. No, Whereas, you know, or, you know, or I'm just throwing out possibilities, yep. right? Like we can talk about it. But what do you think is the driver or some of the potential drivers behind, you know, that uh, difference? Yeah. So I can tell you that as a conservative, right? So let's say... Um, Let's say my HR department was to push a uh, unconscious bias training to the company, right? Um, unco- unconscious bias, for those who don't know, is a it, it is generally a derivative of um, critical race theory, which is a very far left uh, race theory. Um, if I were to sort of principally oppose that, I would be scared to lose my job. Not only would I be scared to lose my job, but I would just, in general, socially be scared to oppose that, even though I am principally opposed to critical race theory right i i like i was thinking about this the other day actually i was like if my hr wants to push critical race theory and i want to oppose them i don't know if i could face the people in hr and the reason is it's not because i i'm a you know a virulent racist who just doesn't want to take the training it's because i have a very hard to explain nuanced position on why i'm opposed to Unconscious bias training, which goes down to critical race theory, which goes into you know postmodern neo-Marxism, like like a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm not going to explain those because I would have to explain. Right, I know we talked about this last week, Tim. I can't. The, the point. This is the exact point. I would have to talk about why I'm rooted, why I have principled opposition with all of those different facets that that undergird this unconscious bias training, and there's no time for that. And while I'm doing it, and I'm starting to sweat a little bit more because I'm getting stony faces, like everybody's just looking at me like, nah, this guy's a racist. Right? Yeah, so, like, I have like principled opposition. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, look, so look, so my point well, that's is that's the show that, for today, guys. <laughs> yeah, my well, point now is now that we that, know Nate's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All look, right, guys, it's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, come back. You've already been canceled. It doesn't matter. They, they've, already, they've already got you just for associating with me. They have you on camera with me. It's over. But, but okay, look, <clears throat> the point is, is that all of this stuff is hard. It's not seen as the, the virtuous stance to take, right? The virtuous stance to most people who are not political is to just be like, oh, oh, this is just training on how not to be racist. That's, you know, that's fine. You know, it's like, whatever, it's annoying, it's annoying, but whatever, I'll do it. You know, just like 90% of people who are apolitical and just want to get through the training and don't care, right? So th that that's one example. I'm trying to like kind of paint a picture. Does that make any sense? I'm, I'm curious what you think about that, Chris. Yeah, I, um, all right, so I know the point you're trying to, trying to make, but I'm going to disagree with you specifically on the, the example you gave, just because I, uh, I, I personally think I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. Um, if you sit through a well put together uh, subconscious bias training, it's going to be really beneficial, and you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to realize. Well, hold on, let me, let me stop you there. I'm not. I'm not really talking about the substance of the. I'm not really yeah. talking about whether it works or doesn't work, or whether it's a good thing. My point yeah, is, is I mean, that I, I would have I mean, it, opposition to that, but I can't say it because sure, it's just sure. considered rude. My hand looks tiny in the in the green screen. Anyways, I'm, it's like just, I just like have nubs. Tiny hands. I don't know. You related uh, to no, Trump? No, it, was, it was like nubbing it. Anyways, I I beside the point. I just want to put myself on the record there. But like, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the reality <laughs> okay. is like, yeah, it, it does work. It does work in that sense. But I will say this. I will say this. I I can I to the graph that you shared and the data you're you're providing. I think there's multiple layers to this and one of those is sure yeah you might have some more um you know conservatives may may lean into the realm of things that are more uncomfortable to share out loud like for example i would say this is probably a better example maybe what you're trying to get at maybe a conservative feels that it would be wrong to say yeah i'm actually scared to walk down the streets of downtown hartford right because then somebody else is going to be like are you afraid of african and americans and black people or are you racist They're it's like no it's actually just both there Right? But look, like, no, look, look, it, look let me give you more examples. Like it's it's everything, right? If I say to if I say to any non-political person that the wage gap has almost nothing to do with your actual sex, right? It has more to do with the choices that men and women are like like it's a multivariate problem that spans across a whole bunch of different dimensions, right? It's not just gender, right? I don't have time to say that kind of stuff in public, right? But that that's not even the point. If I just say, hey, the wage gap actually isn't really a real thing, right? That right there, which I actually believe, and that's a very mainline conservative belief. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we, look, look so, see, me, exactly, exactly. And the, throw, don't even cross the That but, but reaction the right there is what there, average there. people would give to me saying that. And that is a Whoa. mainline conservative view. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't, I think, I mean, I agree with you that there's, there's a lot to that. And I didn't really like your workplace example, especially coming from you, Mr. Freedom, because, uh, you know, if, if I was an owner of a company and I decided to, well, I'll tell you this, this explains why I said that if I was the owner of a company and I decided to, um, you know, give training on why Trump was a better presidential candidate and I was going to fire you if you didn't take this mandatory training, like, you know, like, 
that that should be okay in your world, right? Your your freedom of uh, no, that's discrimination against like. Po- uh, no, no, no. He, it's all about free market, no. buddy. No, no regulation. You're, you're pigeonholing no. me. I don't accept um, it. But anyway, so I didn't like that one, but I like the other examples you talked about. But so to go on those, let's let's say I walk into a Catholic church and I say God's not real, right? Like I'm I'm not right, going to be. Are, you are going into a place to antagonize people. You know who are going to be there. This is the general populace that I'm talking about. Right. So right. Well, I, I guess I can't, what I'm I can't say, to look, guys. I can't. I, I, look, I'm not trying to make this a victim fest. I'm trying to. I am trying to tell you my experience, right, Chris? Lived experience. Okay. I'm trying to tell you that if if I tell people <laughs> that I don't think that black people are oppressed as as an institution in the United States, that will get me stares. No, that will is. get me looks. Yeah, but and that's I'm here to listen that's to you, honest to God, honestly, because I think these are all one podcast topics. But two, I <laughs> look if that's how you feel, man. Like, there's genuine conversations to be had around that, and and I think that we should. And this really pushes me into the next part. I was going to say when when we look at this data, is it pushes us as well as that one. We need to have discourse, and people are going to believe different things. And you know, maybe maybe we convince each other. Maybe we agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, we we still have our humanity. Like we're not going to mistreat people, even though your beliefs may completely contradict my beliefs and the way of the systems of the world. I do believe that at the end of the day, you aren't doing anything that is going to be perpetuating a negative outcome, right? Or increasingly affirm an existing negative outcome. Like you're you're doing. At the end of the day, we want the same thing. But the second thing I was gonna say is when we look at these these stats. I think this is also a snapshot in time because, because to me, like the line is also drawing further and further. Like today, you see forty-two percent of liberals maybe don't want to speak up, but I'm I'm actually finding things like now I'm like, I can't post on Facebook that I disagree with like what happened on Mulberry Street being lifted, like the Dr. Seuss book. I can't I can't post that. Like, um, it would get. I've seen other people do it, and I'm like, I could. But I don't want to deal with the repercussion. I'm like, you know, it's just not worth my time. Like, I have a job. I have other things to worry about right now. Um, right. And I so believe- does 90% of people. And that's actually, that's actually, that point right there is a huge point. Is that most people aren't me. Like, first of all, I, I could do it, right? If I, I can have a conversation with anybody about why I don't think there's institutional racism in the United States. That's because I've done so, like, I've done, you know, years and years of podcasting and research and all this yeah, other you stuff. you developed your opinion. Sure. Correct. Sure. Correct. But 90% of the population, and that's just a guess, they don't know how to do that, right? And that includes Republicans who believe what I believe, but they haven't done the research to back it up, right? So well, I would say, I would say, like, people like myself, like the, the progressives have the same argument on the other side. We've spent hours, like, studying and learning and, like, this is why we do believe in critical race theory. We do believe there's a gender gap. We do believe yep. in these things. And we have our, and, and that's, and that's, that's, uh, and that's was the birth of the left, right center show, my friends, yeah. uh, to people look, doing look, the look. research. But I get what you're saying. Yep. Being, being, the reality is it's, uh, it's a bit more socially acceptable for, for me in a given circle than it is for you right now. And that's, that's not, um, uh, not to make you a victim or anything, but it's like, that's the reality. Like you can't, like if you sit down and meet a brand new person and say, yeah, I don't really, if you were to say something along the lines of like disavowing black lives matter, the people are going to get up from the table you're at. Where if I just say, I'm like, yeah, like black, I support black lives matter. I got a sticker on my laptop. It's like, right. If you say that women make 77 cents on the dollar for every dollar that a man makes, nobody bats an eye. 
right? Because that's what we've been taught from a young age. Like it takes it takes research, whether you're right or wrong, to come up with an answer that's not that. It's just well, not the that for what it's worth. Default. For what it's worth. So is that not a true? Here? No. If I can answer that real quick, for for what it's worth, um, I think the left gets this off a lot too. The 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 pay gap is a bit more of a conversation in my eyes at this point on paid parental leave and versus uh, necessarily men and women uh, and also diversifying in terms of gender, multiple roles. But one of the biggest things that you see that happens, like, so let's say a man and a woman both get a corporate job working in insurance and then they're both, you know, in the field five years, they have, they have the same pay because they entered the same level. They're moving up forward and forward and forward. They're getting promotions. Now they're an account manager. Now they're, they're an a, a, a associate vice president. But the woman and the men both decide to start families, right? So the dude has a wife, the wife has a husband, um, and they both have a kid at the same time, right? Um, what's going to happen is the guy is not taking any time off of work, whereas the woman in corporate America will probably take a month, two, three months out. That time that they take af off, excuse my words, that take off actually compounds. And so because they've missed those couple months, now the man is going to be getting the next promotion that several months ahead of time because the woman was not in work because she had a baby. Even though the guy had a baby too, the, he's not at home for paid parental leave. And so what ends up happening is there's a forego of a promotion because the guy's been there longer. And then over the course of 20, 30, 40 years, that compounds and you end up with a, with a pay gap. And so the conversation is really to be had on paid parental leave, both for men and women. I have, I have paid parental leave. Like, oh my gosh, if I have a kid, I'm taking months off. I want to spend time with my kid. Right. Like that is yeah, what it should be. Yep. And men and women should both have paid parental leave. And we both should and should be able to make sure that there's some sort of uh, acknowledgement there that knows that, you know, we don't end up foregoing potential promotions. Right. And one of the ways to do that is simply make paid parental leave normalized for men and women. Like make it normal okay. that everybody's so, doing it. So okay. We're getting we're getting on a different topic, right? We are. We are. My I, bad. Have, I wanted to go I, on that. Just, just I just want to throw this out there, and then we can let's hit this on another podcast, right? But I yes. want to throw this out there um, as a, as a discussion point. Just look at the graph. We're not going to talk too too deeply, but from and, and from white, everything, white, and, white oh. men, Asian women, white women, black women, Hispanic women. Uh, Annual earnings compared to white men's. This isn't comparing it within profession. This isn't comparing it. It's just total earnings. Yeah, that's that is right. Insipidly so, idiotic. Put Asian men on there and see what happens. It, yeah, it's probably higher than white men. I I, I think I think the the interesting point to look at here is that Asian women are at ninety seven percent compared to white women, right? So I think that that simply right there tells you that it's not a man to woman thing purely. Right, there's such a discrepancy within um, yes. the, the race of women. So anyway, yeah. but it does show that women are much less than men, and that is what you said wasn't true. So okay, so well, let me just plug another podcast. Another <laughs> let me just, let me just I'm just going to explain real quick, and then I'll and then we can move on. All I'm going to say is, Chris, that I appreciate that you brought it to another dimension. Right, you said paid parental leave is a factor, right? And so I'm going I'm just going to circle back and say. Sexism is, sexism is a factor. Um, paid parental leave is a factor. And then there's like 10, 20, 30 more factors that go into what makes a person earn more money in the workplace that has nothing to do with gender, right? Um, 
so so it, it, my, my point is is that these these issues are a lot more complicated. Um, I genuinely do believe that that you can be a default Republican and default Democrat, but it's it's harder to become a, a more informed Republican because I think there's much more that goes into it. Sure, sure. Well, well. So yeah, I guess whether right or wrong, well, I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. Sure. So, but right, cancel culture. In terms of your graph, though, I do think it's a yes. snapshot in time because I think the line is continuing to push further and further. Because I mean, right now, I'm catching myself concerned about things yes. being canceled. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hey, I never well, felt let me before. read this to you. Let me read this to you, Chris, because there there is a trend. Uh, this um, I'm not sure how old this is. This actually might be very recent. Yeah, this was in July of 2020. So. So this is actually snapshot today, um, but they compared it to 2017, right? So right now, moderates, I'm sorry, back in 2017, uh, moderates felt like uh, 54% of them, I'm sorry, centrist liberals felt like 54% of them could express their views. However, today, less than, slightly less than half, 48% feel the same way, right? So there are trends, right? This this problem is exacerbating the, the pendulum that was swinging left or right to left is it's still in its swing. Right. So, so let's, so let's, let's talk, let's talk specific instances. I don't know if, I don't know if you have stuff, but I have like a, I do. Yeah. So let let me, um, I have like a quick history, I guess. Like what, what kind of stuff do you have? I guess we can go to yours. What you got? Well, I think, I think the big one, if it's, if it's, you know, I do, I have two major points. Um, one being differentiating between like WAP and, uh, uh, our favorite Ben Shapiro spoken uh, poem and uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss. And that's more in understanding certain arguments against cancel culture. But I do, I do want to contextualize another problem that actually goes back to what Tim said in regards to, you know, like Pepe Le Pew, right? There's more about that than just allowing canceling because we disagree with something. We need context. I mean, information. So I am, am vehemently against that um, cancellation. And so I can go either one of those, or you can go first. You let me know. Let me let me let me give what I think is a history of the modern movement of canceling. Right. So I, I got a couple. I got a couple older ones that are from when I think that the modern iterations of cancellation started beginning. And I'm sure you know this is this is one of those graphs for you know I'm sure it. It started low, and I just wasn't aware of it back before I was political, right? I really became political in 2016, 2015, 2016. So I wasn't really aware of cancellations or anything or trends prior to that. Sure. So um, so what I basically saw, and I want to know if you saw the same thing back in the day. Um, what I saw was is that cancellations on the left specifically, right? Again, we're, no, we're not talking about the 90s, but in about 2016, 27 time frame, there was a series of high-level cancellations on college campus, right? So this this really, as all this stuff kind of starts, was it started on the college campuses, and it was speakers like Ben Shapiro, Milo Yiannopoulos, um, Jordan Peterson later on, um, being invited to the school by the student organization. Uh, you know, they paid lots of money to bring the people on to come talk, and they would come talk like. Ben Shapiro would come talk. He is a mainline conservative, right? He believes that abortion is, it should be against the law. He believes in, you know, whatever you think of conservative, I mean, that's Ben, except for some of the things you'd be surprised. He's actually pretty libertarian. But the point is, is that he's a mainline conservative. And um, he, he, on multiple points, colleges had to cancel him 
Um, there was a college that had to pay $600,000 to security to keep him safe because of students that were rioting. Um, and then, like I said, multiple colleges turned him down. The same thing with Milo Yiannopoulos. My background today is uh, the Berkeley riots where Milo Yiannopoulos was speaking and they caused $100 million in damage. Um, and so what would happen is, is that uh, the students at these various colleges, was it really right? And it was a lot of them. What's that? Was that I? It was a. I, I have an article, right? I didn't, I didn't realize it was that bad. 100 million is no joke. Right. Oh, there was a sentence in there that I wanted to bring up. It's kind of like a jab at CNN because the article that I have is on CNN and it's not, it's not loading. CNN kind of does this to me. I'm sorry, everybody. But there was a line in it that said, uh, faculty, no, investigators are blaming 150 masked agitators that came and, and, um, what did they say? They said hijacked an otherwise peaceful, peaceful protest. This was back in 2017. Like, wow. foreshadowing much? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Okay, so um, that was CNN. But yes, it was $100 million in damage. Um, okay, now it's loaded now that I've said all that stuff. Um, ben Shapiro almost... Uh, he got cancer from DePaul University. He was threatened to be arrested if he stepped onto campus. He was going to give, again, his normal mainline speech, right? He's just talking about conservative values, and they told him that he could no longer come on the campus. Um, Cambridge University rescinded Jordan Peterson invitation. Uh, they, were, they were offering him a, vis a visiting fellowship, wherever the heck that is, right? So, so this is all uh, 2016, 2015, 2016, 2017. All, all this stuff is going on on the campuses. It's driven by the largely leftist faculty and the student activists who are protesting these people saying Ben Shapiro is a Nazi, my, you know, Yiannopoulos is a Nazi, Jordan Peterson is a Nazi, you can't have this person on here, they spew hate speech, they spew this, they spew that. And then the faculty would be like, oh, uh, the students are protesting, I guess you're canceled, right? So started there. And then around 2017, 2018 timeframe, it started spilling out, right? All these people graduated. They became the journalists that are writing the articles today. And now the cancellation stuff is more in the public sphere, right? So now we're up to the modern day and we have, we're going to talk about some of the things that you're talking about, but I mean, everybody's getting canceled everywhere for not agreeing with the leftist, leftist orthodoxy from my point of view, right? Like if you, you can think, um, uh, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is canceled because she is what is considered a TERF. A TERF is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. They, they are radical feminists, like modern third-wave feminists that are radical feminists, but they, they think that trans rights sort of like infringe on women's rights, right? Because saying a trans woman is a woman means that there's no longer like actual biological female exclusive spaces, and they take issue with that. Um, so J.K. Rowling supported this. She's canceled because um, that's not woke. Um, and then I just want to pull up, I'm just going to breeze through these real quick and then we can, we can, we can, uh, go to your examples and talk about this stuff. But, um, these are these last three that I'm going to show you. I'm sorry. These last four that I'm going to show you, these are from today. I picked out these articles today on the front page of Yahoo news, right? This is how much cancel culture is happening. So teen Vogue, teen Vogue's new editor apologizes over racist tweets amid staff concerns. She tweeted something when she was 17. And she's getting fucking canceled over it. Okay. What's this? Um, oh, yeah. Generation Z. Gen Z trying to cancel Eminem over some of his lyrics. Oh, yeah. Right. I, did, so, I did see that, which is just. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So 
I mean, the, the 90s conservatives would be real happy with you. You're getting the job done just like 20 years too late. Um, uh, I'm going to get to that one in a second. Mumford & Sons banjo player taking time away after praising right-wing pundit. The right-wing pundit that he praised is Andy No, the guy who's reporting on Antifa shenanigans in Portland. Right? All he said was, dude, your book is good. And now he's has to step down from uh, Mumford and Sons, and he's not in the band anymore until further notice, which is basically never, basically never, because he apologized. You're not supposed to apologize. And then this is my favorite one. Three Alabama professors are under investigation over racially insensitive Halloween photos of a Confederate uniform, whip, and a noose, right? And they're tying all these things together to make it sound like they they kind of they had like a Confederate themed lynching lynch mob themed. Uh, um, holiday bash or halloween bash when in fact those two things have nothing to do with each other okay so number one these three people in these pictures right here i know it's a little small for people and you can't see them but these three people are losing their jobs because this guy dressed up in a confederate uniform which is not a fucking problem right confederates were things that happened and it's goddamn halloween this guy's a judge a judge sentences people to die or whipping back in the day right he's got his fucking judge wig and his judge whatever the fuck that is and a noose and a, and a whip and people thought this was racist and this chick right here smiling and holding the noose that's not even hers yeah she's she's losing her job too great job guys so it's pretty widespread now it's a big 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 problem i think uh i think that people on the left that are driving this and it's a small subset of the left Right. It's it's a, even among your peers, Chris, it's a small amount of very loud, very yeah. angry Twitter activists that are driving this and nobody has the stones to stand up to them. And the people that are driving this and the people that are standing by while it's happening should be breaking out in a cold sweat with how close we're becoming to like actually losing our culture, like like huge problems. Yeah, no, I I, I um pretty much agree with that. I mean, I disagree and i think maybe maybe this actually goes into your philosophical conversation of last week um i disagree on the necessarily so this is a bit high resolution but we can go back to the college campus um yeah shutting down ben shapiro's whatever um not the smartest thing Milo Yiannopoulos, he is absolutely provocateur and I, yes, think, he is. I think i didn't mention I, that but yes he's a provocateur and and i think that is where it comes in is like i actually never supported any of the riots that happened um and we actually milo was supposed to come to to my our, our college and um yep, we canceled. had a very peaceful sit-in where we all drink tea at the same time as his event so nobody was actually going to show up to his event and then he just canceled it and so he wanted those things he wanted riots right so in a way i think so, not ben but people like milo in a way provoke pr provoke this because and i'm not i'm not blaming him i'm not blaming that so please know that this is high resolution conversation but that in that in that way, like that was almost a hope because when you get more media attention, you get more um, people on your side and, and you get more money. However, with that being said, the riots at any point in time were not acceptable. It doesn't get things done. It doesn't actually change something. And and you're right. You end up with these situations where people are like, yeah, where are the peaceful protesters? And then like violent people come in and it's like, oh, but it's like, no, it's like, all right, it was a bit more complex than that. But as but as you were saying, you know, getting into more modern era. I agree. There's a lot of people um, right now that, that are losing jobs, facing repercussions, afraid to speak out on things that are quite trivial. Um, now, 
I'll be honest, I don't really listen to Three Doors Down anymore because they opened for Trump on his inauguration. But I'm not going to go through a riot. I don't want these people to lose their jobs. I'm just like, ah, that doesn't really so, come out with me. That, exa- that, that example is so great to transition into what I wanted to say. And, and sorry yeah. if I'm interrupting a big point for you, but I disagree with your history of this. Um, oh, yes. I think, Tell me. I think cancel culture is, is the blowing up of something that we've done as a species and as cultures for millennia, which is you don't support people that you don't agree with or, um, you know, don't want to support. If, if the, you know, if the local store owner, uh, the guy down the street on the store, you know, like treated your, your wife inappropriately, you might not go back to a store and buy anything anymore. You might right. go to a different like for store, example, right? I'm nev- never going to have Disney plus because I think they support, uh, people who commit genocide. Right well, and and oh, so you're not gonna watch Wandavision. Nope. <laughs> That's a I whole. I might pirate it. But I just my, started watching my it. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. Tell you <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna love Wandavision. It's. I'm. I'm. Mm, I've heard. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, um, but that that point is like, there's nothing. We don't think there's anything wrong with not supporting somebody, somebody's business, right. right? Okay, you like their business, you like the product they offer, but you don't like them, so you don't buy the product. That's okay, right? We think that's okay, and it's been that way for many, many years. For for generations right yep that is cancel culture but what's happening today is there's a permanent awareness uh of society now of the these things that you've done or said or that have happened in the past and it's it's exploding in a way that these very vocal people come out and and it's and it's not just about one topic or the other it's it started with a few different topics but these people would come out and be vocal about, uh, you know, your point of view or your whatever, and they were just canceling you that way, right? That's how it started. Similar, you gave some examples of colleges. Colleges decided that the students and also their faculty possibly just didn't didn't agree with what was being presented. They they just canceled the show. It's okay to say, hey, we don't want you presenting it at our uh, at our business or at our facility at our school at whatever again, right? That was okay, a single. Hold okay, on, wait, hold on. Let me stop you right person. there. So the, the reason why DePaul didn't get sued into the ground for that was because they are a private university and they don't take funding from the federal government. These uh, the, 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 the problem with these... Uh, so, so I, hold on. Hold on. So, okay. I mean... Wait. It, are, are, you, are you trying important. to justify, like, canceling... So the, the, the Young American for, the, for Freedom or the whatever, the YAF Foundation pays, I don't know, I, I think it was like six, 60 grand to get Ben Shapiro on the campus. Or something like that. What, whatever the speaking fee is, and then the college shuts it down. Like, like he's he's just a conservative okay, no, speaker. I, so that's a different situation, I think. But, um, but but in some light, I think it's it's not it's not the same as what we're seeing happen today either. Um, I think. So imagine well, I own a business. Well, imagine I own a business, and uh, an employee comes to me and says, um, "You know, I want to I want to host a lunch and learn, and I'm going to have a guest." And I say, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." And they fund it, and they get someone. And then, as the owner of this company, I find out that the person they're bringing in, you know, has something that I I don't like, and that I don't I don't want that person being related to my business at all. So I go and tell them, "Hey, that person can't be here." Right? That's kind of along the same lines of what was happening at these schools, uh, and I think that's okay. I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of censorship, but I also think it's okay that as as a business, as a private organization, you can make these decisions. What it has blown up into, in my opinion, is 
Now businesses, because it started happening so often and it became so vocal, it's it's more of exactly what Chris was saying earlier in the podcast, which is uh, it started with, you know what, I'm just not going to, it's not even worth my time or risking the the what's going to happen to even say these things, right? Yep. And so now businesses are falling into that line where it's like, hey, it's not even worth risking all of this shit. I'm just not going to be related to these people anymore. They're done. Off. We'll find somebody else, right? It's more trouble than it's worth, right? And and so it it's gotten to the point now where if you do anything that could ruffle anybody's feathers, it's just not worth these companies and businesses' time to deal with it. It's a cover your ass legal side. It's it's a I'm keep your mouth shut, which is it's frustrating. I don't agree with it, but yeah, that's where we're at. And it's not because of some leftist push, in my opinion, or some ideological ideological change in how we view things. It's because we have now a permanent awareness of people's actions and and, and social um, statements. And I think it goes back to, I mean. Um to this idea I've, I've really been reflecting on this since last week but like looking at situations in a high resolution versus a low res mentality and i think i think society fails to see things in high resolution at at the times that they probably should see it in high resolution so for instance like that person uh who who tweeted something when they were 17 right um people grow and people change and if even if somebody was a bad person in the set when they were 17, 18, whatever, let them grow, right? Like, give them the opportunity to change, to evolve, to adapt. Everybody is, is relatively an idiot in high school. And, and we, unfortunately, we have this high-resolution society now that in, in certain manners, like, always keeps that imprint existing. Like, you know, the, the, our generation of presidential yep. candidates, when we're all 40, 50, 60, 70, we're going to see time and time again people pulling out tweets, TikTok videos, Instagrams, like, look at... Look at John Parsley from when he was 24. Looking, look at this like sexist TikTok he posted. Like we're gonna see that. We're definitely gonna see that in the future. And so, yep. and I think we need to be conscious, like, of being able to delineate, like, genuinely, like, decisions of malice, decisions of immaturity that receive a punishment and then are dealt with, and that person moves forward in society. And finally, like retribution, right? We need to deal with decisions that are retributive. And then finally, we just simply need to start looking at things in a growth perspective. Like people do dumb things in life. That's the whole point of being human. We're all broken. We grow from that. And I think that's what we're missing out on right now. Like, you know, um, that's what we're really missing out on. Um, You know, know, the Christians, Christians have a word for that. It's called grace, right? Yeah. You, you give somebody grace, right? You give them the benefit of the doubt. You 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 forgive them. You you move forward, right? And I know Tim doesn't give a shit about religion, and he thinks it was bad. And I, I am an atheist, right? So you know, there's there's that. Um, I, I happen to think that we're missing a whole bunch of tools. And if there was an analysis that religion is bad. <laughs> there, look, word. there's a lot of people on my side say that that um, left the left has created a new religion, right? That the that the far left progressive movement is is a a quasi religion but the problem is is that they're missing a whole bunch of limiting principles that christianity developed over time right to help bound it in right so so christianity is essentially you could think about it as like a sphere where it kind of like takes care of all these different human emotions and it kind of like just kind of keeps you centered and until you hit the 1500s and martin luther 
uh, nails 95 theses on the door, you're pretty much good to go, right? You have a system that keeps people generally content throughout their life and they live their life in relative peace and harmony and it, it helps them be moral, it helps them be good, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but it, 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 it seems to us on the right that the left now doesn't have, it's, it's kind of like a new religion and how passionate people are about it. But there's no limiting principle. Like, like the question is, is how far do you go, right? And this is kind of what we're discussing right now is, is like, what, when do you stop canceling people? Like, what, how much is too much, right? Is it, is it yeah. a tweet from high school? Is it, um, you know, is well, it two tweets from high school? Do they have to use a hard ER at the end? You know, like, like, what, like what is it? And you don't, and you don't have well, that, and that, that's, that's constantly that's, uh, evolving. Well, What's it, that? The N word's a definite cancel. You can't, you can't do that. As a, <laughs> no, as a white person, look, 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 let me make a hard case to you. Let me make a hard case to you. I think a lot of times we're having the wrong conversation. We may even be doing that right now, right? Because we're saying like, oh, you know, did they really do something bad? How bad was it? Did they grow? It's like, no, it's not even that. Even if they did that bad thing, should they be canceled, right? Yeah. And I think well, you and I might differ on this, Chris, because I think, and again, I am not a goddamn racist. Okay, for the one millionth time, I don't think racist people should lose their jobs for being racist, right? I don't let me explain. Oh, I really explain. Let me explain. Right, because being racist, for example, just taking this one particular example, is one particular type of being an asshole. It is it is a sort of a subset of assholeism. But we don't fire people for being assholes, we fire them for being bad managers. Right? So it's like, I think, but if you're racist, you're you're probably a bad manager. I, I think. Okay, I think, and if me, you're an asshole, you're probably a bad manager. Probably, but we don't probably. fire people for being assholes. Well, well right. So, so let me just. Yeah, if there's opportunity for grace, I mean, all right, I'll preface this. I'll, I'll I won't go full blown progressive on this, even though other people will. Opportunity for grace. Opportunity for growth. If somebody is a qualifiably racist person, like there's no gray area. Like forget all that dynamics of the conversation. Like, whoa, are they? No, this person's actually racist. They hate black and brown people. Opportunity for grace. Opportunity to say, okay, because if we don't help this person grow from his assholeness, from his racism, he's going to continue on with the rest of his life being a racist or being an asshole, probably both. Right, in the dark, wherever you canceled him to. He's going to keep being that way, except now he's going to have a reason to be resentful. And so let's let's try our best to to genuinely help this person find a better path, like offer grace. And if we do that, and this is going to be different case by case, person, whoever, level of grace, I guess. If if after a true, honest-to-God effort is made, and this person still continues to be this terrible person and it's like okay you offer forgiveness but like i'm but you 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 also don't owe it to yourself to accept the burden of that for the rest of your life like i'm not going to i will do everything i can if i find somebody with prejudice to help them get through that but at the end of the day i'm not going to continue to surround myself with that energy after i've tried for months and months and months to help right so i think that is a a, a line that i will at some point you know, be like, all right, you know what? I've done everything I can. You're still a racist asshole. Like, goodbye. Like, find a new I don't, job. I don't cancel them. Culture is about the people. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it is in a, in a way a little bit because like somebody does something wrong and then somebody vocalizes their, their disagreement with it, but they're not getting canceled because the company or the business disagrees with what they did or, 
anything like that. Like, I mean, let's, we talked about Gina Carano a, a couple of weeks back, I think. So let's talk about that real quick. Disney didn't fire her because the managers and owners and higher ups in Disney gave a shit about her political views. They did it because she's politically untouchable with what she said for some portion of the population. And Disney doesn't want to upset a chunk of their viewers, right? It goes, it goes back to what I was saying before. It's, it's not about like, Hey, we're, we're canceling you because you're not good at what you're doing. We're canceling you because we don't want to deal with the repercussion of the shit that you're bringing on us. We'll just find somebody else. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I, I find that and not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I, and, and for what it's worth, I, I'll actually come to her defense on this is that, you know, um, at, at one point we're in this weird, like, constant paradox um constant contradiction where at one point we're saying like companies should take a stand on what they believe in and individuals should use their voice and and their position of of power including celebrity status because celebrity status is influence and therefore it is power to make a difference right and so just because her views are different than my views on things that are politically debatable it's not like she came out and was like yeah i hate i hate black people right all right, right. that's the case i cancel it but but at, but at the same time that you have Chris Evans, you know, you know, doing incredible work on racial justice, you have her coming out and saying, all right, I disagree on X, Y, and Z, right? And so I think we need to be very conscious of, like, me on the left, even though I love Chris Evans and, uh, I don't know, the dude who plays the Hulk, I'm uh, forgetting his name, they're doing some cool, fun acting Mark Ruffalo. stuff. Yeah, Mark, Mark Ruffalo is out here. I find them both to be insufferable. Yeah, he's doing great work on the environment. You know, we're yeah. not canceling. And I'm sure, I'm sh- right, you are a Marvel viewer. You find Chris Evans insufferable. So do, I'm sure, 20 million other people. But Disney hasn't fired Chris Evans for, for the stress that is brought on by people on the right considering him insufferable. Whereas this individual, I don't watch The Mandalorian, you know, provokes the liberals, the 10 to 20 million liberals who are like, ah, crazy person. And, and, and they're like, all right, too much headache for us. Let's like back off from this. I think that is where I, I cancel culture has officially gone too far for me, but I, I, now if it's, if it's and this is why case by case and like resolution matters, like someone comes out and they're explicitly like, I am racist or they're doing something that's like, there's no doubt. Like, there's just no doubt. Then it's like, that's right. For example, when Steve King, the, the Republican representative came out and said, uh, I don't get it. What's wrong. When did white nationalists become a, 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 you know, oh, yeah. a verboten a- word, and everybody's like, "What? What do you mean? When did it be like the the fifties? Like, yeah, what do you yeah. get out? You know like, what I'm saying? You, like, like until you story, find right? out that they actually are yeah. practicing." I don't um, know if it. I don't know if it's this, but and this is anecdotal evidence. But from the people I know in my life, um, those that are more conservative generally are more li- like just if somebody says something that they don't agree with, or they're just like, whatever, like then don't talk to me or like, you know, they, they just, they don't make a big deal out of it. Whereas, whereas some of the people I know that are extremely liberal and farther left, somebody says something they don't like, it's like the end of the world and they have to tell everybody and they have to make a deal and they have to get it fixed and changed. And I think part of cancel culture being skewed right now is because of that. It's because the squeaky wheel, right. Gets, gets yep. the, the yep, grease, yep. right. It's like, it's like the the people on the right, like with Gina Carano, that was a good example. There was a bit of an uprising on the right um, from that one. I think it was kind of a beginning to be a tipping point, but not enough yet, probably. 
But if yeah. if every single Republican or you know conservative or Not anyone or, or moderate liberal, or moderate left, leftist. yeah, 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 I was yeah. getting there. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't mean to and, and to build off that. You know, we're to cancel Disney Plus and say we want Junior Carano back. You better be damn sure she's coming back. Yeah. Right. Right. And and maybe that's where I'm going to make two points, but maybe that's where the left is a bit more mobilized. We understand at this point that the dollar, like money, votes, right? And so, like when we disagree with something, we actually pull our money out of it, which is different um, than maybe the right and moderates function. But uh, to to build on this, it's like you know, in terms of resolution, in terms of like outrage and squeaky wheel. And bringing back to the beginning of this, like um, Tim, you said something that I just wanted to, con- you know, the Texas, the Texas example of, of, um, of chivalry, and then missing parts of the context. Personally, I think that's where where outrage and cancel culture is really problematic right now because because to me, we're missing out on some clear context that I think is this is where my alarms are off now because I'm like, wow, this is going too far. So so let's look at. And finally, I just want to say this, because this is a big thing that left people like myself on the left will say to this is like, all right, everyone's like losing their shit about Dr. Seuss, but like black people are getting murdered and they are. And I'm like against police brutality. And that's a whole other conversation. But I think that as human beings, we can talk about more than one thing at a time because we can multitask. And so this is a multitasking conversation. It's not like because because I'm putting energy in this talk means I'm taking energy out of another talk. Like I I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted to preface that, but so Pepe Le Pew, right? Uh, the skunk in, in Space Jam is getting canceled um, because he is a he is a personification stinky of rape culture. Bitch. That's why. What? He's a stinky little bitch. Yes, he, he is. <laughs> he, he's so a perpetuation of, of rape culture, sexual assault, um, and 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 now this is uh, he makes uh, unwanted forwarding advances on other like cartoons. And, and something that is, is being missed out on here, because like, look, no one likes Pepe Le Pew. That's the whole point. Yes, he is yes, a villain. Preach. You got Nobody him. likes him. I don't like him as a character. There's a, and, and, and the point is, every single scene, there's ever a time with him, there's an immediate reprimand. Like, it's actually teaching by showing, like, like if you act like this, yes, you're going to yes. get fucking beat over the head with a giant <laughs> yeah. cartoon hammer. Like, that's the point. And we see this in other things. It's, it's now... Like anime, it's really big on. Like you have like Demon Slayer. I don't know if you ever watched Demon Slayer. It's 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 like an amazing, amazing, amazing show. It like so nerdy than I thought you were. I love it. Every, anyway, I don't have time to watch anime. I sit around polishing my guns all day. Oh, go, watch, go watch Demon Slayer. Anyways, there's like a character there that like on the side of the road is like begging for this woman to marry her, marry him, and she's like, "What is happening right now?" And like the main character just like looks at him like you piece of shit and like hits him over the head it's great and it's like it's immediately shown like for any kid watching this show like if you see the character the blonde haired dude begging for this woman you immediately know like wow that is socially unacceptable because you saw an action and received a demand a, a, a consequence you don't just cancel demon slayer which is like the an amazing 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 show about empathy about um forgiveness about grace about seeing like beyond the worst in people trying to see the best in everyone yep. even those who are who are rough around the edges and and we don't just cancel it and so so if we're drawing the line here where we're now just canceling actions without context we're on a very 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 dangerous path an incredibly dangerous path now one thing i will say before i pass the the talking piece mm-hmm. back to you guys um this is different in my eyes 
than potentially Dr. Seuss because where Mulberry Street I disagree with, if you dig a little bit deeper, like there's old printings of uh, the zoo book where um, literally the, like like all the monkeys are portrayed as black people and they've reprinted it, they've rechanged it and it was like, all right, all right, I'm not like that's racist. That's now here's the thing: it shouldn't be canceled. It should still be sold. But the difference is the con- the, the the context that's different is like the three of us can have an educated conversation on this, whereas like a five, six, seven year old has a very impressionable brain reading these books. They're 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 ingraining that in them, and so I can understand that that's a different conversation than you know because there's also not a reprimand there. It's not, there's no reprimand. It's just like here's a bunch of black people and they're being portrayed as monkeys. That's problematic, right? But Pepe Le Pew, there's a reprimand. And I think that now that we're canceling things that are meant to actually be like, hey, we're missing the point. We're, we're on a really dangerous path. And my line is officially crossed on like cultural re- reformation. It's, it's, uh, it's getting a little intense. So sometimes, and, and this is a side point, but I wanted to throw this out there because it's a personal experience. Sometimes people really don't know what they're doing. And and they're not given the benefit of the doubt or the chance to be forgiven. And, oh, and yeah, this, yeah. This you this actually almost happened. This almost happened to me. Um, this is I don't know, ten years ago now. It's been a while. And I mean, I prior back then I was completely political oblivious. And if you you guys know my personality enough that I'm a, I don't nothing offends me. I don't care about anything. I'll say whatever I want. Like that's just my personality, right? So. For this particular year, for Halloween, I wanted to dress up as, uh, I forget the guy's name now, but it was like, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your boyfriends too. Oh, uh, the meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, guy, yeah. right? So I was dressing up as that guy. and Huh? It was that year, oh, no, whatever it year. It was a dude. I'm thinking about, uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it was a dude. Um, is is a black guy, but just yeah. it matters for the story. And so, um, so I wanted to dress up as him. And... For the, for the meme or whatever, and that was the year that it all happened, I was just going to paint my face black. Like, I didn't, oh, I didn't know that was a, face, dude. I didn't know look, that was a damn look, thing. Look, and this, like, is, this is a perfect example. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally just wanted to be this dude for Halloween. Like, I was buying, I bought a wig. I had bought, like, the, like the he had a, a white wife beater shirt on or whatever they're called, tank top. Um, and then, like, the, I bought the outfit, right? And I was telling a friend about it, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to paint my face. He's like, you're going to do what? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you can't paint your face black. I'm like, why not? <laughs> I'm trying to, for Halloween, I'm trying to be a black dude. Like, what is, you know? And so I ended up buying an Obama mask, right? Like, because he, he finally convinced me, like, he explained to me the situation. I still think it's ridiculous, right? That you can't do that. But I, I understand, like, I wasn't trying to offend people. I didn't want to make a deal out of it. So I went another That's route. Right. But, but, like, as an example, like, sometimes people don't know what yeah. they're saying or doing is actually offending somebody and then they get canceled for it. And to yeah, me, that's, that's absolutely asinine. Cause it's like, you know, like, yeah, blackface. And, and I'm glad your friend was able to like have a conversation with you. I'm glad you understand like, yeah, you might think it's ridiculous, but like it, there's a, it's, it, it's remarkably, it's considered remarkably insensitive to those in, to, to black and brown communities. And so it's like, you know what? All right. Yeah. If, if really, you know, if it if it seriously is an offensive to a culture, to a race, to an ethnicity, sure, I can take the take the step back. But but like you said, but that you know, that that, that feeling right there is why cancel culture has gotten to where it's at. Yeah, but, but, well, but look, we, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned with how other people feel. 
but but that like and maybe you know it's where you draw that line so okay fine we draw it a blackface and we say hey that's not okay but then the next thing why is well that somebody is offended by that so that's right. not that's okay what i'm saying there, there right? isn't a limiting principle chris right because well, now because like you said well well it's it's just so funny like i saw a tweet earlier it's like it's um somebody was like great i'm so glad to see that like some cartoons were canceled on on uh on space jam now let me go send my like uh my middle schooler to go like murder hookers in grand theft auto to save five dollars it's like <laughs> you know give me my money wrong. back We're, give me that money back serious, there's some <laughs> now granted i'm like all right you I, no look i played grand theft auto in middle school when I have a kid, they are not touching Grand Theft Auto in middle school. <laughs> uh, like, well, like look, I get it. Look, to your point, Chris, I think, and then I got to wrap this up because we're going to move into bullshit philosophy, but I think to some degree, the reason why that is is because it's it's performative, right? It's kind of the, the, the cancellations follow the flavor of the day, essentially, right? It's it's just something, it's just a, a semi-arbitrary issue. There's There's obviously criteria that has to fall into it, right? It has to be obviously perceived as racist or perceived as one of the hot button issues, but it's, it's mostly performative. Um, I think, and you don't really have to agree to that cause I haven't gotten into that, but just, just to recap, like this whole thing, as you can kind of tell by my earlier rant, like I'm, I'm, I'm really, really spooled up about this. Right. And this is, this is like a really, really big problem. And we, I'm not sure yet how to stop it. Right. And, and I don't know if there is a way to stop it. Right. And it's gotten so bad that let me just share this with you. Right. This, this is kind of where it's starting to get really personal for me, right? So it's gotten so bad that the other day I was visiting with my father and I was talking with him about politics out in the woods. And when we moved into talking about Black Lives Matter, my father, alone with me in the woods, had to throw out disclaimers about him not being racist, right? My father who I've known for his entire life, and I know that he's not racist, he had to throw out the, he felt that he had to throw out the qualifier that he wasn't racist because, because, because everybody's under suspicion now, right? And everybody's, everybody's this close. And the, and the moral, again, from last week, the purists are, are just canceling everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, so. Well, I, I think to, to go on that point too, to, I know you're wrapping it up, but I think yep. the line of what racist is, is changing. And that's probably part of why, because I know when I talk with my friends and, and even some of the viewers, like Denny's a you know, good friend of mine, when we yeah. talk, we often have to throw out disclaimers to each other about that when it's just us. And we know each other, like it's, you know, is not maybe as close as you and your father, but the same thing. So I think it's because it's the. It's yeah, but changing. it's my dad. Yeah. Right. I, look, I see what you're saying. It's a close friend. Okay. I get it, but it's, it's my goddamn dad. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. anyways, look, we, we're going to, we're going to fix it here on the left, right center show. We have all the solutions here. It's just going to take us a while to get to it. So, um, Chris, it before we go into the next segment, I was thinking about this. It's so funny. Like between you and me, like, um, like if, if, uh, I remember one time, like, like I, I told a story about how, uh, there was some media that helped me sort of be more empathetic towards gay guys. And you, it's so funny, like you and me, when we find you, when we find common ground, we like give each other verbal cookies, like, oh, good boy, good boy. And then like, when you agree with me on cancel culture stuff, I'm like, oh, Chris, you good boy, you like, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. No, I know. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, but you know, you know, for what it's worth, like to, in the spirit of the podcast, yeah, what I am, what I am uh, speaking out right now is a feeling of many people who 
you know, at this point, I, I don't know if I'm even progressive, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm like a democratic socialist, but apparently no, sure it's not progressive. Keep like, doing it, man. You're progressive. No, but it's like, you know, I it's a lot of the people I feel that experience the forthcoming into the world of politics through Bernie Sanders in 2016 and uh, are now feeling very similar to how I am feeling today. Now, there's many people on that bandwagon that kept going on it and, and are now the ones perpetuating but there is a healthy dose of us that are like really far left who are like, like I have meme chats with like full blown, like communist socialists. And I'm like, you know, I, and that's a little far for me economically, even though I am like a bit there uh, and, and search, like I want universal healthcare. Um, I see things and I'm like, yeah, no, we're, we're agreeing right now. We're definitely agreeing that like this needs to stop. Like that's a little too far for us. Like, let's like rein that in. And, and so it is, it is something that like, you know, for the record is I'm not, I'm not isolated and feeling like, okay, things like this are, are we're, we're contextually, we're missing out on context while we're canceling and that, and, and we're on a dangerous slope, right? Because like, you know, censorship through culture is probably an even strong, is, is way more powerful than censorship through the government because government, you know, you can rebel against like culture, you know, it's, yep. that's a lot more deep, right? Like that's the whole like 1984 isn't about the government. It's that they created a police state and a police state as it exists in apartheid is, is, um, it's not that Everybody there's a police in every corner. Exactly. And the second, yeah. once you reach monitorship amongst your peers, that's, that's a true police state. And I, yeah. and we're and not, look, we're not there. That's, that's what I was talking about. That's my skin yeah. started crawling when my dad, when we were alone, yeah. had to, had to throw you, out qualifications that he wasn't racist. And, and that's where, like, to me, it's like, you know, um, we're not there yet. We're not going to be there for a long time. No. This, yeah, this I don't is, want to overblow it. But. but this is a path that, that could lead to that if you if you play cards right over the, over a couple decades. Um, it's, it's concerning. I, it's concerning. All right. So we can actually just honestly, we can segue right into this last big idea that I had. Right. Normally, this is the uh, bullshit philosophy with Nathan. I don't know exactly how philosophical this is, but it's definitely a big idea. Um, and it's it's a little bit of a turn even for the darker, which is you know crazy because now I was having a bad day at work. So uh, wh- how much is too much, right? So so when when on each side even, you know, like wh- whatever it looks like to, to each of us is when has when have things gone too far, right? So for example, Chris, you have found yourself agreeing in part with me that some things have gone too far. Right. And we can even we can even maybe generalize this out to the to the right, even though that's not happening right now. Or maybe maybe you could talk about the left's deep dark fears about what you think the right is going to do, or maybe if Donald Trump had succeeded in a coup or something like that. Like my question is is when when do you stop being one country, when do you either divorce, succeed, culturally separate, go to war? What is it? Like, whatever it is. Like, when when are we finally done? When can we no longer be one country anymore? Yeah, good question. I mean, I don't know. If, te- it te- if Texas seceded, that would be like a... That's, it, right. that w- That's always on the table. It doesn't even matter if it's a cultural split. <laughs> If Texas genuinely was like, all right, we're out. Bye, guys. I'd be like, yeah, time for we're, – we're going to war with Texas, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, Apparently, it's not too hard to take out their power grid. So. Uh, <laughs> got him. Got him. Be like, all right. Um, 
No, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really, I've been thinking about that ever since you framed it earlier. And yeah, I think, I think sooner than that, you would end up actually in, in a, in a police state situation. I, I think, um, from who, from the federal government? I, I guess so. From, from both relatively speaking is like, you know, um, I think it's almost like, I, let me rephrase that. Like a cultural police state is, is what I think is more doable or viable than like a government. Right. Uh, and so what I mean by that is like already we're seeing where people are like separating themselves inside families over things such as ideology. And that's yep. scary. Um, and, Very. and look, I'm not one for, you know, uh, I don't even know, know what family means necessarily. I, I know I have people I care and love about very much, but I have like you, Nate, like, I'm not going to like stop talking to you because I disagree with 97% of the things you believe. Right. Yep. Uh, which I, I probably disagree with like 97% of the things. <laughs> you believe. Uh, I'm not going to stop talking to you because of that. And um, I think that's really important. And that's, that's an idea that is, is, is slowly dissolving and we're ending up in, in situations where, people on all sides of the aisle this isn't just a left thing but a right thing too where like like you know starting to starting to um separate from families from friends from from uh you know childhood you know companions and all whatnot um husbands and wives i think once if that continues further then that's 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 a reality i can see occurring and that's obviously way too far for me i think that's when we're too I, I know I'm talking a lot, so I'll pass it back, but we're too immersed as a country to like civil war. Cause like, where would you even draw the lines? Like, like maybe the South versus here, but like you, you got like, you know, 50, 50 splits in Georgia. You got 50, 50 split. You got 60, 40 splits in Connecticut. Right. Where right. do you draw the line? Right? Like you can't just, is everybody in the North going to relocate to the South and then vice versa? And then, all right, now, now that everyone's on each other's side. Right, 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 right. It, it's not going to happen that way, but I can see social isolation. I think I think the idea of freedom is that you're able to not have to have a civil war, right? Because hopefully the there's not laws in place that that limit people's options or choices so much, um, you know, despite their difference in views. But to to your point on family, I think that is a new problem. Um, you know, if you look back even 30 years ago, um, you probably didn't see as big of a divide in families from ideological differences and political differences because they didn't have different sources of data. Um, yeah. When yeah. they watched the news, it was the same news that everybody else watched. They may have interpreted it a little bit differently, but they at least now have a baseline of understanding of what information their parents or siblings or other people have. Whereas today, everybody's information is so siloed and you become so believing of whatever it is that you're seeing that you you don't have an understanding of the other side's point of view. You don't know, you don't, you don't yeah. believe that they're coming from a, a logical, rational place. You're just like, you're ridiculous for believing that. How can you believe that? What's wrong with you? And rather than being able to talk and listen and, and, and most people don't have the open-mindedness that us three have. I mean, that's part of why, you know, this is such that's, a unique conversation, right? right? That's how we're here. Um, and so, you know, you look at, you look at, at that dynamic and you see how that's causing these divides that that's a new that's a new problem it didn't exist in the past because of how information's being being exchanged so um 
yeah, yeah, technology and social media, is, there's a lot of new problems to solve. Yeah, I had a super relevant point, but I'm actually going to, I don't remember what it was, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, so it, this, it, it is, it seems to be a new American phenomenon. I think it mostly started probably in the sixties with counterculture, right? There was probably a bit of a schism there, but it wasn't, it wasn't so bad, right? Cause still at the end of the day, everybody was getting their news from CBS, you know, the, the big three, right? So like, even then, back then it was just like, well, I know what my parents are for and they're for, they're for the war in Vietnam or whatever it was, you know, whatever the flashpoint was. And it's like, you know, I just happen to disagree with, you know, foreign wars or whatever it is. Right. And so there was, there was those kinds of schisms and some of them were real big, right? I'm sure there were mm-hmm. conservative parents excommunicating, you know, you know, secularly excommunicating their children at that point. I know that happened. And then, you know, that kind of stuff has happened, like even all, all through the eighties, you know, um, with the sexual revolution, uh, then the resurgence of Christianity in the nineties, where there was that one last push to try to like retake the country. And then they kind of just, uh, died off as a political force, generally speaking, right? I'm not, you know, don't mean to offend you. Don't um, tell Trump supporters that. Evangelicals. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but even then they're mostly populists. Like, so a lot of them are Christians, but mostly populism. Um, so, but, but like this, it's, it's new for the country, but, it's not new, but it's it's uh, much more common. I would say, it, it, right, right, right. It's it's definitely a phenomenon that we haven't we haven't experienced before, right? And I think I I maybe we we probably disagree with this to some extent, to a certain extent. It's almost guaranteed we do, but I believe the onus on this is largely with the left, right? And I, I'm saying I'm going to say that because of historical context. And just correct me if you think I'm wrong, but. The historical context I want to right. <laughs> the historical context I want to point out is is that, like, if you read Alexander Alexander Solzhenitsyn's The Gulag Archipelago, it's it's a it's a reflection on his time in the gulags of the Soviet Union, and it's also a reflection on how the Soviet Union started, right? And that is a very very leftist ideology that gave rise to that. And there's a lot of common strains between the socialism of that and the sort of uh, neo-Marxism of today, but we don't need to get into that. Um, but, you know, children turned against their fathers, sons, for their those, mothers. For those who don't know neo-Marxism, if you want to explain that. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. So look, so uh, I know we use big words. I use big phrases. A lot of times I don't have time to get into what it is. I'll, I'll try to do neo-Marxism as, as high level as I can. I'm going to lose a whole bunch of nuance on this. So for people who know what I'm talking about, try not to, right. Yeah. Try not to, well, try not to um, tune out because you think I don't know what I'm talking about. I promise I know more than this, but neo-Marxism is actually, it's basically, um, it's basically that Marxism, which used to be a uh, class dynamic, the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, the proletariat being the poor underclass of people, and the bourgeoisie being the upper class that oppressed the poor people. Um, instead of that, uh, since that kind of, that failed, right? That failed in, uh, you know, that failed in Vietnam, that failed in China, that failed in, like, everywhere that it was put out, it resulted in oppressive regimes, right? So so when that failed and was discredited as an idea, generally speaking, um, uh, the Frankfurt School of Germany ex, uh, sort of took that, and what they did was they remolded the power dynamic uh, between bourgeoisie and proletariat, as in upper class to lower class, uh, they took that and they they put a twist on it, right? They said, instead of the 
bourgeoisie and the proletariat. Now we're going to focus on uh, race, uh, ethnicity, gender, um, all of these secondary characteristics, right? And so now it's going to be the power dynamics of whites versus blacks, of men versus women. Um, but it, but it's, it's fundamentally the same thing, right? It's, it's that that there's a power structure for, in this case now, for neo-Marxists, white men are on the top. And then down here at the bottom, you have black women or, or black trans women who are disabled or whatever it is, right? The more the more um, at the more out you are, the more uh, the more intersectional your identity is, the more uh, the the less privileged you are. So basically, that's neo Marxism. And I look, see, the reason why I don't do that, Tim, is I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. Okay, I was talking about the Soviet Union. Um, you did good. You and did I was, good. I, was that good? Okay, I tried to I tried to do that as neutral as possible. I'm sure it was uh, biased, um, but but you you see strains. But what I'm saying is you see strains of that today. And what what you saw in the Soviet Union, what you saw in um, China, was is that uh, and and every state, right? The the People's Republic of uh, oh, that's China. I think it's People's Republic of North Korea as well. I, I forget yeah. whatever North North Korea. Um, all of all of these states, right? You have to you have to maintain the systems through totalitarianism right and it's leftist totalitarianism what you have to do is make everybody suspicious of the other person so they can't trust them okay and when every person is suspicious that their neighbor is an informer or their neighbor is going to out them to the public as an anti whatever right in that case in the soviet union it was an anti-soviet right it was a it was a person who had non-party thoughts right and today the reason why i the reason why i'm talking about this is because i see this and I'm not trying to say that we have that now. What I'm saying is, is that I see the strains of this. And the, the strains of this would be, is this, it's the exact same thing with my father in the woods, okay? It's, it's my dad worried that I'm going to think he's a racist if he, if he tells me what he thinks about Black Lives Matter, right? And him and I have the same view on Black Lives Matter. We don't need to get into that. But the point is, is that he, he's, it's, it's creeping in already. He's already scared enough that me, his own son, who he knows is a conservative, who is who's very into these ideas, he feels like he has to throw that disqualifier out. And that's happening to everybody. A story I did not get into today, and I'll leave it at this, and you guys can wrap up. A story I didn't get into today is, is that in, in, in L.A., I believe it was in L.A., there's a group of, of students' parents who have to get together outside of, like, in secret, because they disagree with the curriculum, the, the woke curriculum that's being pushed at school. And they can't talk about it, otherwise they'll be shunned from social life, right? This is real life, right? And this is, a, this, is the, this is the modern equivalent to what was happening in the Soviet Union in its nascency. I'm not trying to claim that we're that bad yet, but I'm saying we're walking down the road and we really need to be careful. No, sure. I, 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 like I said, we're, we're on the, the, in a couple of decades, if, if the cards got played the right way or rather the wrong way, and like... 30 to 50 years, yeah, you can see yourself in a, in a serious, like, dynamic of this. I mean, now, now the, the, the crazy part about us is that we have also pockets of, like, ideology, and then you have mismatched individuals in those pockets. Like, here in Connecticut, the reality is, like, if you have a Trump sticker on your car, like, it's not a good look, like, right? Like, you're going to be ostracized if you're rocking a MAGA hat in Connecticut. Um, I would, if I see someone with a MAGA hat, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, like insurrection is like what comes to mind, right? Now, if you go to Alabama, like Kentucky, Missouri, well, Kentucky's kind of weird, but Kentucky, Missouri, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, right? 
you go to these places, like no one's going to ostracize you. It's the minority that would be is, is it's mismatch, right? Like if I walk around with a Bernie shirt, people are going to look at me like, wow, look at that fucking socialist. Right. And so I think both need to have a conversation right now because we're in a situation where, where, you know, we're, we're constantly ostracizing each other to the point that, you know, we're, this is where my, my progressivist comes in. Um, and maybe my, my conspiracy theory, but who does that benefit? Right? Like, like me, like you, a middle-class individual, let's like say you're a shitty conservative and let's say I'm a shitty progressive, right? You as a shitty conservative say, fuck you, Chris, you're a terrible, 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 terrible person. I, you, you don't see me as an individual anymore. You see me as just like a crazy uh, liberal. And then I start seeing you as like, wow, look at this, like make America great again, loser. And I don't see you as an individual anymore. I see you as, uh, you know, whatever. Right. And so us, mouth is like, for my ideology. Sure. Us as middle-class people, sometimes I, uh, and then other middle class, lower middle class people, even upper middle class, right? All of us people, like all fighting. We're like, we're literally crabs in a bucket. We're all fighting inside this bucket. Yeah, the and, crabs in a bucket. Right? When Tell people what happens to crabs in a bucket because a lot of people don't know. Uh, they get eaten. They, so, so, uh, so when you put crabs in a bucket, they try yeah, to they escape fight. up the side, but other crabs will reach up and grab them down. And pull them back down because they're they're trying to climb up over yeah, exactly. them, right? So it's it's and, you put crabs in a bucket, they could get out, but they can't because yeah. they pull each other down. It's crazy, and so and that's the scenario that we end up in. And and look, I understand you guys can probably you know ideologies differ and, and whatnot and wealth and inequality, but to me, it's like when we're all fighting at this place in our philosophy, all that ends up happening is that you know the people who currently generally hold power over us maintain their power and maintain their hold over us because the poor people and the middle class people in Alabama are being just as oppressed in terms of uh, uh, those who maintain the power structures of this world as you and I up in Connecticut. Like there's now I might a hundred percent disagree with my Alabama counterparts, but that doesn't mean I want like, you know, the wealthy and, you know, powerful people of the world to continue to have a hold over us. And if we're crabs in a bucket, the person holding the bucket is the one that continues to win. Tim, so. what do you think? Like, <clears throat> you maybe I guess maybe you could uh, maybe you could close your thoughts out on this. But like for you, right? And we can we can go more hypothetical with this. We can sort of deviate more from reality, where maybe the left is in in the, the up pendulum swing with it. What, what what would it look like for you, either left or right? Like like a, a right wing scenario. Let's say the right comes back in. There's a cultural resurgence. Uh, the right somehow takes Hollywood or, you know, whatever it is. We take the institutions of power and we start we start in instituting, um, you know, like zero abortion. Um, um, I, I'm trying to think, Chris, give me egregious things the right wing would do. Oppressive, egregious things. Women's rights, uh, trans rights, gay rights. Yeah. Starts yeah. Uh, pulling all that stuff back. What, when would you think that it's. And, and I don't know like, whether this is rebel or leave the country or secede or really get into activism. Like, what, what's your tipping point in either way? I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I guess I'd know it when I see it, right? You see, it's kind of like love. Mm -hmm. right? oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it's not something that hasn't crossed my mind already. Like, I've thought before, like, I get super frustrated with the way things are here. I'm like, man. If if I could just pick up my career and my family and we could move to another country that, that it just uses their brain 
right? Like that's that's crossed my mind before. Um, not to say that there is a country that's great like that. Who knows? You know, I, I haven't really done my research, but um, you know, and it's not like it's not like conservatives don't do this. Uh, it's yeah, a, we didn't even get into age, that too much. Age old tale of children being you know ostracized from the family because they don't they don't believe in the in the religion of the parents or don't follow in some cultural or you know historical thing that has to happen right or that maybe they come out as gay or any anything that's not doesn't fit the structural narrative of of what what that conservative uh parental group believes so this isn't unique to the left or to the right this is human nature it's just how it's it's in my opinion it's how it's exploding with our new technology and our new world and we have to learn as a society how to adapt to this um i think we're doing it wrong right now i think catering to the i think catering to the to the sensitivities of everybody will leave you with a a bland pudding you know like just nobody can say anything nobody can have an opinion everything's going to be gray you know you lose all the vibrancy well it's 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 not even a bland pudding it's it's tyranny because you have to stop people from saying those things right so those people there has to be either an incentive structure, either social or government, whatever it is. It's it's actually tyranny, right? Because people have these opinions. They need to say them. It's not just that it's a bland pudding. It looks like a bland pudding, maybe from the outside. But on the inside, you actually have to repress those people. Well, yeah, yeah. I just meant what what it feels like and, and as you go mm-hmm. out and about, right? Like, um, so... I, th- I think we're going down the wrong path, uh, but I also, I know that I'm unique in that, um, you know, I, I personally believe that I'm responsible for how I feel, right? Um, I'm not, it, it's hard for it's hard for me to put myself in other people's shoes because I'm not sensitive about a whole lot, but also I'm a, a white male, right? So, you know, per the arguments of, of the, the modern day, I don't have anything to be sensitive about, <laughs> but um but I'm, I'm not like somebody, if somebody were to come up and, and say cracker to me or something like that, like that doesn't offend me. It doesn't bother me. Although it's a, a derogatory term for, for my race or for my situation. Uh, you know, with that said, I, I feel like we're responsible for how we feel. Nobody, nobody else is responsible for how I feel. Mm. It's me. And it's, it's my choice to decide if I'm going to get upset or hurt or offended by something somebody else did. And, uh, and so I, I don't, I don't feel like it's anyone else's responsibility to now, if I go up to somebody and say, Hey, you did X, Y, and Z, and that really offends me. And they purposefully do it again. That's a different story, right? Right. Now, now they're, now they're antagonizing me there. That that's, but until I've had a conversation with somebody, how is it somebody else's fault or or obligation to know what's going to bother me or not bother me? And I wish that would extend through our society. Chris? Yeah, I mean, beautiful. Two minutes. Two min- wait, hold on. Two minutes or less. When do you pick up an AR-15 and start shooting people? <laughs> never. Because- no, no, I don't, no, no, hold on. I don't mean school shooting. I mean, you know, get in a line and, and uh, join the battle. Like, you're literally, you're literally succeeding. Let's, um, let's, let's put the, I'm doing the hypothetical. Uh, we, we don't have yeah. to do the left. Hypothetical right wing takes over. When, when are you picking up an AR-15? Yeah, when I guess I guess for me, if I will, if if there was genuinely genuine government erosion, where I, I see like our systems have truly failed, like if if Trump held a coup, if um you know held uh, a second term, like the yeah, if, double, if, double, if the right wing 
rams through a whole bunch of amendments to the constitution that make it like supremely yeah. conservative and illiberal. If, if I see if I see banana republic energy start happening where like, you know, Supreme Court picks if 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 Supreme I'll, I'll say this honest to god, if if Supreme Court picks overturn the election, that would have been enough for me to be like, "All right, I'm I I go rebel now." If if the election was overturned, if, if that's yeah, that would have that would have done it for me. Word. If if after it, it went through all the courts, if the Supreme Court overruled it or there was some other coup that like Trump held office even after it was like genuinely proven there wasn't voter fraud. That would have that would have been enough to me. So yeah, it came pretty close, I guess. Well, um, I hope uh, I hope you would still uh, you you would still Skype me across the battle lines. We could send each <laughs> other cigars and nudie mags and yeah, yeah you, can, you know, amicable still. You know, we can like um, how old are you? What? I'm older than <laughs> all of you. What? What? I was actually going for a Civil War reference, but they didn't have nudie mags back then, I don't think. There's probably, like, is photos that, of each other's you... wives. Oh, my God. Is that what you have <laughs> Nate? That's, is that what you have coming in the mail? Jeez. All right. <laughs> okay, I think that's going to be it from us, everybody. Um, I had a great so. conversation. You know, obviously, tensions are high, but, you know, just remember... You can always talk to people. Just, just talk. I think, I think one of the big solutions to all of this is just be brave. Be a little bit braver than you think you can be, and that's that's all it is. Like, just say the thing, right? And you're going to be surprised how many people agree with you, right? So, I think with that, um, we're going to sign off for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hit the like and subscribe if you haven't already, and leave us a comment. It really helps. Thanks. Bye, everyone. See you.